Welcome to episode 22 of the Making a Mark Wrestling Podcast. After watching Stardom, the Japanese women's wrestling promotion last week, we are moving on from women's wrestling to tag team wrestling. And usually, you know, as we did with uh, singles matches, we watch some sort of like, you know, something different in between the sectors. And when we did the end of singles wrestling, we watched a feud all the way through, which was Kenny Omega versus Okada. We watched their entire sort of feud and all the matches. Well, this time we decided to do something slightly different, and we're going to watch a tournament all the way through. And the tournament we decided to watch was AEW's inaugural tag team tournament. So we watched the very first match of the tournament, which is the Private Party versus the Young Bucks from the second episode of AEW Dynamite. Laura, your star rating for the match, please. I almost want to give like two star ratings. This is also my first impression of AEW, and of course, I've heard a lot of opinions about it. A lot of my uh, friends and people I know that are into wrestling have talked about it. Are very excited for it. Still very new. Um, there were a lot of things I really liked but that are more about just the style of the promotion as a whole and not this specific match so I almost want to give two separate ratings so thinking specifically about the match and not just about and like factoring in the ambiance and aesthetic but not letting that inform it too much uh I'll say um I'll I'll say three out of five stars because there were some really cool moments I like that I feel like tag team wrestling like there's a very high degree of athleticism there was a lot more of our oh so technical term for it flippy shit for example and uh some of the creativity that you can do when there's just more people and more bodies to do stuff with and there was these these particular wrestlers were very charismatic but it also lends itself to some of the stuff i don't like as much and the match just felt very very fast paced. I felt like a lot of stuff happened that I missed and I felt like I wanted a pause button and I kept wanting to like rewind and replay and it might just be because I'm newer to wrestling. I still don't know the a lot of the subtleties and the intricacies of what's going on and the moves and the rules of tag team versus singles matching but I just felt like I missed a lot of stuff and it felt really fast and the ending came out of nowhere. I was literally typing a note about something that I was like, wait a minute, someone got the, it's over. Wait, how'd he win? I missed it. And that's always just a very unsatisfying feeling at the end of a match to be left with, I guess. So uh, so can I clarify a few things? Um, well, yeah. not clarify, but, you know, comment on a few things is, so this is one of the things about tag team wrestling is it is a lot faster paced because you've got four people doing the workload rather than two. So, like, as two get tired, they can swap out to the other two who are fresh. You know what I mean? So you can mm-hmm. keep up this much faster. Like, when one person gets taken out by a move, the other person on their team can get in and, you know, do something instead. You know, so there's no period where someone just gets knocked down and you just stood, like, sat there watching, like, waiting for them to get back up to continue the match. You know what I mean? Like, there's always something fucking happening. And... Some people sort of don't like that. Some people believe there's less, you know, like, drama and tension and stuff like that. But, like, you don't, it don't have to be. You know, like, you can have tag matches that have that, like, you know, 
slow paced moments and building up the drama and tension and stuff like that. It's just yeah. that wasn't the style of these two particular well, teams. And they I wanted feel to like go hell for leather. <laughs> maybe say like a year or whatever down the line, maybe it also wouldn't affect my enjoyment as much because I will just be a more educated uh like viewer and be able to catch more of it and know what's going on. But just at least at this point in my wrestling education, we'll say. <laughs> that's the, I agree that's because um, there is actually a lot of cool sort of storytelling moments in this match done sort of in the ring. If you know these two teams and their moves and, you know, how they function and stuff like that. But as a new viewer, you're not going to pick up on that, especially when it's going a million miles a minute. You know what I mean? Like... So I can totally, you know, yeah. I, I think that's totally fair. Like, uh, if you're mentioning like, storytelling moments, I couldn't pick one out for you. I don't, yeah. I can I can pick out a lot of the, again, just sheer athleticism or moves that looked cool or, like, my favorite parts of the match, but it was purely from a physical standpoint. I don't know anything really much of what was going on with their history, their, whatever, like, the storyline behind what's going on is, because I'm sure there is some, because all these wrestlers are very seasoned pros in the industry and AEW has I think that's one of the things I'm hearing about it its strength is it is much stronger just kind of like writing and storytelling and a lot more of like show don't tell that for example WWE does not do very well um but I didn't get any of that but again I don't I don't put that necessarily down to a them problem it's just maybe this isn't the kind of I feel like AEW at least from this my first impression is this is the promotion for the seasoned fans and the super fans like this isn't as great of an introductory promotion if someone was just getting into wrestling it might be a bit tricky um yeah i can see that to be honest um i was gonna say something what was i gonna say (laughs) i definitely agree on the idea of show don't tell like they do that stuff all the time they do very little sort of promos and promotional packages and stuff like that and they do a lot of their storytelling you know in the ring but that means there's a lot of like subtle things you have to pick up on which is a lot harder to do when you're you know new to it um one thing is you know when we were watching the women's wrestling you made a comment saying like so far from what i've seen women's wrestling seems to have a lot more sort of like gymnastic influence and seems a lot more athletic oh yeah and seeing i said this now, I'm like, wait until <laughs> we watch tag team wrestling i said that i was like you wait did. until we watch tag team wrestling yeah no i'm i'm with you there uh e- e- eating words you know completely completely agree now take it back <laughs> oh yeah i remember what i was gonna say so you know you said how these teams are like clearly seasoned veterans um, yes. So that's totally true for the Young Bucks, who have been like the best tag team in the world for like 10 years now. They've been mm-hmm. around forever. The other team have only been wrestling like three years. Well, well done to them. I didn't mean and, necessarily like these two specific teams. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean the the caliber of AEW performers as a whole. When I said seem like seasoned yeah. professionals, because even a lot of the other names like Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, names that are some of the like core founders of it are like there were names even before starting this yeah. podcast. I vaguely knew just because of who I'm dating, like kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah, like th- th- this is one of the things about this match. This match got a lot of praise when it happened. 
Not necessarily because it was the best match ever. You know, a lot of people thought it was maybe the best match on this particular show or something like that. You know, people thought it was very good. But what impressed people most about it is how good a match the Young Bucks got out of such a, like, you know, green tag team. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are brand new to this fucking industry. They've never wrestled in a big promotion before. They've only ever wrestled in tiny indies and have not been wrestling a long time at all. And the Young Bucks just go in and, like, pull this match out of them, you know? Yeah, no, it definitely was... And even though it's, like, the three out of five star rating, I still enjoyed watching it. It's just, it's definitely... There are moments I will remember from this match, I guess, pick it up, but it's not going to be one of the ones overall from, like, start to finish that if we ever do an episode, like, rank... Uh, looking back, like, forget the, the star ratings not going order, but just now that time has passed, rank some of your top favorite matches we've watched kind of thing. This one probably wouldn't be in that, but it did have some moments that were really spectacular because yeah, of the and performers like, in the production. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, this sort of style of match, like I say, without the tension with the totally fast-paced, is, like, very fun to watch but doesn't have that, like, sort of long-lasting emotional impact that makes you really remember it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's hella fun to watch. Watching them just do all this crazy flippy stuff at a million miles an hour is, is hella fun. But it doesn't have, like, a Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, like, emotional, you know, connection yeah, yeah, story. Exactly. Like, it just doesn't have that extra oomph to it. You know what I mean? Like For sure. And then my last comment I wanted to make before we sort of, you know, move on uh, my comments on stuff you said was... I've lost it again. I'm really good at this. I'm Did it really have to good. do with my wanting, like, two separate ratings or the production value of AEW and styles of that? Uh, no. So I'm going to go uh, into just... more detail on that in a bit. <laughs> I, imagine, I imagine you will. No, it was a comment on um, something you said, but I can't remember what it was. That I missed the ending? Yes, <laughs> Like, wanted to rewind it? it. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going to comment on. I don't blame you for that one. The cameramen fucked up. Okay, because I thought Basically. it was just me, because I ha- I was going to type out, because the, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it, I'm sure, but, like, the thing happened where there's the Young Bucks were setting up for a thing, the one p- dude ruined it by grabbing the dude and, like, making him, like, hit his chin on the apron, and I went to go write a note about what was going on in the apron, and then I look up, and I see the crowd cheering, and the ref doing the, like, someone's done it kind of, and the Young Bucks looking shocked, and I'm like, wait, what? So Hello? what happened is... They did, you know, the Young Bucks were going for a move. The one guy ruined it by pulling Nick Jackson off of the rope. But then, while he did that and Matt Jackson was sort of distracted, the guy Matt Jackson was holding quickly, like, rolled him up into a pin and, you know, got the free count. Now, the reason, like, you'll miss it is, one, the combination of writing the note for the podcast, but secondly is the cameraman missed it. Because when Nick Jackson was pulled off of the apron, the cameraman followed that and yeah. was watching that and totally missed the roll-up, which is yeah. the much more actually, like, important <laughs> thing that was happening, you know Yeah, because I, mean? I saw the camera, like, the camera got a great shot, like I said, of him getting, like, clotheslined in the jaw and then falling down, but then it seemed to stay there, which is why I went to go type the note, because I guess I was like, oh, I have a second look away typey typey because also my desk is very very small anyone who's watched my twitch stream or seen like snapchats no so my keyboard 
to fit my monitors and my keyboard and my mouse and everything my computer my keyboard's at a bit of a like jaunty angle it is not and it's underneath my second monitor not the first one that I'm using to watch this so I kind of have to like briefly look away for a second it's it's less than ideal my setup (laughs) I need a bigger desk so yeah. yeah so that wasn't actually your fault but the thing is yes. one thing i will say about that is that's gotten a lot better because when AEW started up tna the tv station they're on cover all of their production costs and stuff like that which means that tnt did i say tna tnt tnt <laughs> provide all of their like professional cameramen and stuff like that and these cameramen are used to covering, like, you know, sports and stuff like that. But they've probably never covered wrestling before. So in the very early episodes, there were moments where they would focus on the wrong things and, you know, they'd miss stuff and they'd make mistakes and stuff like that. But they've got, like, as it's gone on, they've just gotten sort of better. As they've got to know the product more and, you know, got more used to wrestling and its intricacies and stuff like that, They've gotten much better at, like, filming the right thing at the right time, cutting from camera to camera less, and, you know, stuff like that. So, that like, that's not your fault at all. The cameraman fucked up, but it is something they've sort of worked on since, you know what I mean? Okay. Well, that's that's always good to, good to know. Like, seeing improvement is always exciting. But, yeah. Yeah, those are, I guess, my overall my wider impressions of the match but and also i could tell it was gonna get i'm now getting to what i can tell when things are gonna get a lower versus higher star rating just looking at the length of my notes anytime like the four and the five star matches i've given i have like tons of notes whereas this one i only have to scroll a little bit past like the first page because it was going so fast it's like if i had tried to write notes on every specific thing happened i knew, like i said i would needed a pause button and to keep doing that and because also, like, I I just don't know the names of any things going on. A lot of my notes would have been very repetitive, not very specific or very helpful for the sake of the podcast. So, yeah, funny Yeah, and fun also, like, that's um, one thing about the match going a million miles per minute and trying to take notes for a podcast is that those two just don't lend themselves very well together, you know, because you don't ever have time to take notes, which then means it's very hard to comment on it. You know, but then if you take the time to write in the notes, you're missing stuff. Like, the, the two don't lend themselves well together. But if you do the alternative, which is pausing every time you want to take a note, that's going to take you right out of the fucking match if you're, like, pausing every two seconds, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's not a viable solution either, but... <laughs> it's sort of a lose-lose um, situation, really. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But even though, like, the match was, it was, like, it was okay, it was fun, it's still, it still left a pretty positive impression of AEW, I will say, because it's the first thing we've watched from that, and there are a lot of small things about the production of it that I really, really liked. The opening video that we watched, I said, whoever animated, ed- ed- animated? Wow, good job, Laura. I combined the word edited and animated. Okay. Whoever did both those things for that opening video uh, needs a raise, and it was epic. Like, it got me hyped. I don't even know what I was getting hyped about. The the color explosions, and basically the sheer amount of color in the design between, like, the basically like, rainbow dust exploding when people landed moves, the banding around the arena, and the 
uh, sports stadium that they're in was very rainbow. Like, it almost looked like a pride parade threw up in a wrestling match, and I was here for it. I'm digging it. Um, like, music was good. And it just, like I said, I don't even know what, what I was excited for, but it got me excited. So well, this is one of the things about AEW. Like, I've got a note on this, so like, right at the very start, where one of the things that AEW really does well is make their show feel cool and important and special. Because it starts off and it's got this hype rock music with this amazing video with these cool, you know, like you say, rainbow graphics where, like, Kenny Omega hits a V-trigger and, like, you know, the, like, rainbow-coloured dust, like, shoots out of his opponent. And then that ends. Yeah, it looks so cool. And that ends. And you go straight into, like, this massive AEW logo on the stage with pyrotechnics going off like mad. There's this crowd that's enormous. It's like 12,000 people there all losing their minds, just going absolutely mental. And the commentators there going like, Welcome to the sold-out so-and-so arena with AEW Dynamite. And it's like, you just feel so hype, like, right off the fucking bat. You know, it, like, makes you feel like you're watching something important and cool. And, you know, like, you can't watching, even like, help it. Shit. Like, I kind of feel like even, like, the most, like, spoil sport grumpy person, like, sitting there who's going in with the intent of, like, I'm going to just, like, poo-poo this whole match and I'm going to sit here and be the, the old man yelling at children on my lawn, like, would be impossible to keep that up because it just draws you in to the the hype. And not, and not like, in, like, a over-the-top artificial way, just in a well-done way. Yeah. And yeah, like, and then they go like straight from that into like, here's what you can get excited for tonight. Here's all the matches we've got coming up. Like, everything's just done so well. <laughs> like, exactly. So like, it definitely makes me want to watch more from this promotion specifically. Well, I mean, we're gonna be watching a whole tournament. So. I know. I'm very. Excited. <laughs> Um, uh, also, and then, like, the Young Bucks and Private Party, the two, um, tag teams, which also happen to fit with this rainbow, like, color party theme between, like, the neon and the Young Bucks pants and, like, the hot, hot pink and the rhinestones on Private Party's outfits. The and, fucking like, bright pink outfit, dude. I loved it. And th- the dude has tails. Like, he has, like, tux tails on his pink vesty jacket. I, it was so funny. And they come out I wearing gold. Old chains and Mardi Gras beads. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Like, if, if they show up at a party, I'm like, that's a party I want to go to. It also gave me a thought, a and now I have private a private new... party. Oh my god. Uh, and I have a new life goal now, and I'm pretty sure it's never going to happen because James is so anti couples Halloween costumes, and I've tried. Uh, but I think it'd be hilarious to do a couples Young Bucks costume. All you have to do is buy wear some '80s things and put a lot of fringe around your thighs. Or your, or your I caps. Think Sorry, that might be a couple's Halloween costume. You might be able to get him on board with. I don't know, uh, but we'll see. Because all all we do is like wear vests of me with like a bra under my vest or something, and like a sports bra, and then just wear like some. Even if you want one of the neon pants, you could just wear like black pants, and I could just go get fabric and cut it up and make like fringe on it, and just wear like a headband. You know, it'd be. Hilarious. And then you got to do that pose that they do at the start where they flex their muscles. It's so funny, but anyway. Um, new so you life said you goal. Wanted to give... If it ever happens, pictures will make it to Twitter and Instagram, so y'all will know. 
So you said you wanted to give AEW like a separate star rating from the match based on these impressions? Yeah, because I would give them a four out of five rather than a three out of five. They only lose a star because of that like camera work situation at the end. And I commented on the camera work once or twice in my notes as well about some moments where it was just a little bit like needed some tweaking. So they only lost uh, marks for camera work. But you said that also gets better. So yeah, it does. They go to more sort of like new japan style camera work where it's very sort of zoomed out a lot of the time and like cuts very infrequently so that you actually get to you know like see what's happening yeah so it gets a lot 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 better does the camera work as aw goes on mm-hmm. i also just said the fringe pants the young bucks wear are iconic because i commented on it when we saw them in some of the uh omega okada stuff i commented on it when the one match uh we watched with them and candace the Ray, like I watched, um, like they they had some of the fringe look going on. It just I I like that they have a gimmick. It's great. It looks good. And then I said, oh dang, this is a high pressure match because it's only one like fall single elimination. It's not like it's a best of three. It's like you're out, you're out. Only twenty minutes. And if it's a tie, both are eliminated, which is what I found the most. Like I heard that and I was like, what? You can do that? That's a thing. So. Also, immediately, it got me a bit more excited for the match because it felt yeah, high and, stakes. And also, like, this tournament isn't just, like, a random tournament with, like, no reward. It is to crown, like, the first ever AEW Tag Team Champions. So, like you say, the stakes are high. Like, this ta- tournament is to decide the first ever champions. It's, like, only 20 minutes, a single elimination. There's a chance you might both get eliminated, like... But also, if they both get eliminated, doesn't that screw up the rest of your tournament bracket? Like, that's my first thought was from an organizational standpoint. was like, but how do you deal with that if it happens? I, I realize whoever the wins point is the it's... Match on the lo- like, if you're on the top part of the bracket, yeah. whoever wins the match on the lower part of the bracket just gets a bye in the next round. I, I guess, guess, yeah. And also, I'm like, but it doesn't matter because they would pre-plan it all. So they know it's going to happen. They could prepare for well, it. what happens but... <laughs> if there's a tie in the final? Huh? No one just wins. No, no champions. We no keep champions. The prize. <laughs> that see, I actually would love that if I was a like I. I'm sure a lot of fans would be like, "No, that's awful. I hate that anticlimactic." I think that'd be great because it sets up this massive rivalry or feud between those two, being like, "We had a shot. We were right there," and no one walks away with this like big thing. And I just I could see some good storytelling set up around that, and it would be, be a plot twist. Like I no think one would that'd think be that. good if like say the belts ever got like vacated in the future and they did that again. It'd be cool to do, but I don't think you want to do it on your first ever one because oh, i think yes, that sets a true. bad precedent that yeah. is that is true factoring that in i 100 percent agree <laughs> also the thing as we get to my notes i don't i can't I, i'm i'm terrible i can't tell them apart i don't know their names well enough like i realize they look very different like the one guy had the orange thing in his hair the young bucks one has like the massive sideburns and one doesn't it's not so much i think i'm like i'm saying they look physically the same i just don't know the names well enough to remember which one is which so a lot of times i just write like young buck one or like p p p two for private party two in my notes like <laughs> i ta- yep yeah haha, that's their initials it's not my fault but I, so I'm going to do my best when trying to describe, like, pick out moments, and you're going to have to just work around it. <laughs> so uh, Occasionally I'd write their real you. names because the commentator would say it. Like, I, like I have a note, like, oh, nice moonsault from Isaiah, really good air, because the commentator mentioned his name. So I know which one it was. 
I was going to say, I know it won't help retroactively because you've already written the notes, but do you want to know how you can tell with each person apart? Sure. Wait, like Young Bucks, which one's Sideburns and which one's not? Which uh, one's si- Matt and which si- one's... Sideburns is Matt Jackson and then Longhair is Nick Jackson. I should have just called them Sideburns and not Sideburns in my notes. <laughs> and they actually, like, you, you can't really tell it from this match. But you can in a lot of their other matches, is they do actually sort of wrestle slightly different. Okay. Which is that Matt is generally like the stronger one. As you like, he was the one doing, you know, like that spot where he did like four suplexes in a row and then suplexed both people at that the same was, time. That was pretty cool. That was one of my standout moments. And then whereas the Nick is like the hyper athletic one, he does like a lot more of like the flippy shit, you know? Okay. And then, I also love how most wrestling fans use flippy shit as a derogatory term, and we're here like, we love flippy shit. Flippy that's shit's best. great. I love it. Uh, and so, in Private Party, Isaiah was the guy that didn't have orange in his hair? Correct. And then Mark yeah. Quinn is the guy with orange in his hair. Mark. Okay, I, I never caught his name ever, so I, that's not in my notes. But, oh well. Um... At first, I was also a little bit confused about the tag team rules, but then I got, I was like, okay, so they do have to, like, physically go and tag their opponent in. They can't just run in willy-nilly, in theory. And then, of course, there's times where the ref is not looking or things happen and they're both whatever. But that's the gist of it, is they swap in and out. Are there specific rules when it's allowed to be, like, 2v1? Or at one point, there are all four of them were in the ring and it was kind of like two separate 1v1s going on. That's also part of... Where it might have lost a little bit of star ratings for me, and that's tag team wrestling in general. I, because you know me, I like rules. I don't like feeling like when people are cheating or feeling like people are doing cheeky things and heel like things and getting involved and like ganging up on the person. So, I don't know. The so rules of tag teams are, confuse me. There are rules, but I need to give some context here. So, in traditional tag team wrestling, right? The way it used to work, we're talking about like, you know, in the 80s and the 90s and stuff like that, right? In traditional sort of tag team wrestling, the way it worked was when you got a tag, you had five seconds where you could both be in the ring. And then, you know, after five seconds warp, the one who had tagged out had to go, you know, stand on the apron, right? Um, When AEW started up, they said, oh, to encourage more teamwork and stuff, we're going to make it 10 seconds. So you get 10 seconds to do, you know, sort of doubles moves and stuff like that. And then you've got to get out. But, unlike the indies and stuff, nobody really abides by the sort of time limits. Like, the way it works on the indies, the way, like, modern tag team wrestling works, is that it starts off obeying the rules and you know following this like when you get tagged out you go stand on the apron when you're you know and stuff like that and then as the match goes on and on and on it gets gradually sort of more chaotic and the rules sort of fall apart and people like you just end up with all four people in the ring all the time which you could see in this match early on they were properly tagging each other in and out but by the end of it it was chaotic and it was. <laughs> this is very devi- deci- uh, divisive, divisive in the wrestling community. Some people, me being one of them, love it because it is so fast-paced, fun to watch, and it means that as the match goes on, it gets more fast-paced and more chaotic and more frantic. You know, so like it builds 
energy as the match goes on. Whereas a lot of people on the other side don't like it because of a few reasons. Like, one is, you know, it's not tradition. That's not how it, things are meant to happen. Two, what's the point of having rules if they're just going to break down and nobody sticks to them? And three, yeah. people believe, like, oh, well, but you can't get, like, heat if you are if you don't have, you know, like, one team dominating for a bit. Which I think is nonsense, because if that's your only way of getting heat, you're just not very creative. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if, if the only way you think you can get, like, heat in a match is by having, like, the heels dominate a babyface and then having him do a big comeback, you need to think more creatively about your wrestling. That's a you problem, not the rules problem. Yeah. And, like, I, I see both sides to that and like i the ending was really enjoyable and led to some and some of like favorite moments were when it wasn't just the following the rules 1v1 but i think i i and i'm sure you're not surprised at all land more on the side of but then what's the point of having the rules if there's this unspoken but at this point in the match the rules degrade and do what you want or at least like if you do that i'd like then maybe the the ref to play his part a little more maybe at least act like you're trying to get them to listen again and then they just don't i don't i don't know it's yeah um, i feel like it's so, a it's a it's a damned if you do damned if you don't situation because yeah, i get because... why it exists and it does make for fun wrestling to watch but i also then feel like i i, don't, I personally would am not as satisfied with the endings because they didn't come in in theory the rules or then just make it then just skip the tagging out part just let them just let them do whatever from the get-go then it's fine because then you're the not thing breaking about the rules that, so this is my counterpoint to that is like so this is like i say that's one of the sort of common arguments what's the point in having the sort of tag rules if you're not going to tag why not just have all four people in from the get-go but in my mind that's sort of like like one of the things i really like about modern tag team wrestling is how it gets more chaotic as it goes on how it starts off sort of slow and with proper rules and, and then gradually gets more and more frantic and chaotic and fast-paced because it builds it's a progression over the course of the match as people get more desperate and start just getting that desire to win you know what i mean like you stop thinking oh i've only got 10 seconds you're like we need to fucking kill this guy and we need to win this fucking match like you know you just start like focusing on winning and stop caring as much about oh i've only got 10 seconds so in my mind, it makes total fucking sense. Like, it shouldn't be the wrestler's job to pay attention to that. Like, you say it should be the ref's. And yeah. if the ref isn't doing his job, that's on the ref. Like, um, but that's why I like it. I like it because it's progression. Whereas if it's like that from the very start and you get rid of the rules totally, you lose that progression. Well, then why don't you, you put know, it like, in the rules or maybe make it like part 10 of, so minutes maybe, like yeah 10 minutes like for the, the first rule. 10 minutes you have to do it and then because and then because then it also makes sense why it'd be in the rules because it's designed to guarantee you know and i'm sure you can like have matches go on for minutes. like yeah. two hours like because they get chance to rest and stuff so like there is a reasonable like grounding for that to be in the rules because you don't want the match to go on for ages because you've a I, finite I, I time limit. I think that'd be a good compromise because it please both sides. You know, the yeah. rules sticklers get their ten minutes of proper tag, and then, <laughs> you know, and then you know you have this sort of chaotic ending. And like you say, you can actually rationalize it in the rules of wrestling. Like these matches have a twenty minute time limit, and we exactly. don't want it to go to the time limit. We don't like draws, so we're gonna you know sort of give the wrestlers more leeway 10 minutes in to sort of guarantee a winner like yeah so i think like to me cool. that makes total sense and i would and then i, I would, would i that. wouldn't be annoyed by endings because i wouldn't feel like well 
Because it's like in, in almost any other sport, if you get a win, or even like even like in esports and video games, you'll see people like, oh, well, they only won because they'll insert some like taking advantage of like a a map like a, a glitch or like things in video games or like oh, they only won because they did this thing, which is considered like a skeevy move or combo in a fighting game or something, and then people belittle or cheapen the win or pe- like the athletes don't get to appreciate it because people are saying it only came because of xyz so that way you're doing the thing that makes for good storytelling you're doing the thing that makes for a higher degree of creativity and athleticism but it's also in the rules so no one can later say well you only won because blank i was gonna say one thing that i feel like the need to point out that i've just thought about is that although they no longer like as the match breaks down they no longer listen to the like 10 count to get out of the ring they always do still pay attention to... There's a rule in tag team wrestling that only the person who's tagged in can pin the other person or be pinned, right? That still applies. So, like, say if Matt Jackson okay. was the one who was tagged in, right? But mm-hmm. we were really fine to the match and both him and Nick were in the ring at the same time and shit was happening. And, like, Matt got thrown out of the ring and Nick got hit by a big move and the enemy team tried to pin him the ref wouldn't count that pin because Matt's the legal person. So even though like they don't have the 10 seconds anymore to get out of the ring, who is the legal man still matters. You know what okay. I mean? Like, that also makes me feel a bit better about it. Mm-hmm. So on. there is still a point to tagging, you know what I mean? You still want like the fresher person, you know, to be like the legal one. You know, yeah. if a guy's just been like hit by a steel chair in the face, you don't want him being your legal man because that's not going to end well, you know? So there is still a point to tag in, even like as far in as matches go and how crazy they get. Okay, cool, cool. Um, it's funny, my next note uh, is nothing really important, but I like that multiple times the commentators are making comments like, oh, well, that's the youth edge about something private party would do. And lots of comments about youth, specifically using that word for the, to describe them. I'm like, funny, we're using this word to describe the team that doesn't have the word young in their name. So when do the young bucks have to change their name? Like, like 62 year old men like, like <laughs> we're, we're still the young bucks <laughs> i like i kind of I, and i feel like if they were in uh wwe that would have happened but it would have been some awful name because they changed people's names for dumb reasons like what was what was the one wasn't there some tag team recently they tried to change it had like vikings in their name and everyone's like this is heinous yeah, we're not they, calling they them they that <laughs> there's, there's also a recent one that people are really mad about where they have this wrestler in their company right called Chad Gable. Chad Gable is a perfectly good name. And this guy is a legitimate ex-Olympian wrestler, right? That's cool. So he's an, and he's a great pro wrestler as well. So he's like this insanely talented pro wrestler who's a legitimate Olympian and has a good name like Chad Gable, right? And he's got a great look. WWE, in their infinite wisdom, have decided that his new gimmick and his new name should be Shorty G. Where his gimmick is just about how short he is and how much everyone takes the piss out of him for being short. And all the commentators comment on how short he is. That's awful. That's so bad. Wow. Yep, in infinite wisdom. All right, that's that's what that is. Oh my God. Also, you're there like... Oh, my next note. I didn't realize we'd gone on to notes at this point. I thought we're still just like uh, no. rambling about like. 
uh, well, general when, thoughts. When you, when you mentioned like my separate star rating for AEW, because my first notes were just about AEW production value, aesthetic, storytelling, like as a promotion. So I kind of just naturally segued that oh, way. Oh, okay. And then my questions about the rules, those were also my first few mm, notes and stuff. That, that so. makes sense then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like another thing about going back to the tag team rules thing. Uh, you know, I always said AEW's changed a bit since they started because obviously they were a brand new promotion and got put straight on TV. You know what I mean? So they were sort of thrown in at the deep end. Um, they've changed a bit since they started. And like one of the things I said that's changed is the camera work's gotten a lot better. Another thing that's changed is they have gotten more active about enforcing their tag team rules because a lot of people, sticklers, gave them shit for how chaotic the tag team matches were and how much it felt like there were no rules. Um, Killjoys. Um, So nowadays, they actually, like, do enforce, like, the 10-second time limit. Like, you know, when the team's tagged, the ref will actually still, you you know, he'll actively count 10 seconds and, like, yell at them to get out of the ring and stuff. And it does still usually end up breaking down because it's a tag team match. It just does. But there is, like, yeah. you know, more of a sign there to be following the rules and the ref actually telling people to get out of the ring and counting to take... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they make sure. more of a visual show of, like, there are rules here and the ref is trying to follow them, you know? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Oh, yeah. Also, the hiccups right now, so this is just... Uh, hopefully you don't hear me hiccup at any point. <laughs> um, that's good to know. And say, like fun ruiners party poopers we just we just want the wins to feel legitimate okay we like rules you can have fun and follow rules at the same time okie dokie all right what was my next note where did i go i lost my spot um okay so yeah the first like note i had about some of the actual wrestling once we got start oh though so they cl- they made a lot of comments about the young bucks super kicks and i guess that's part of is that like a signature thing that they do as part of why the fringe on the pants just to highlight the the kicks because it looks pretty good but the one bit where he did the kick and the guy just didn't even come near him like because he knew he was gonna do it and he just like kicks the air it looks so silly it looked pretty funny like and little um, kids, like, their, like, the logo when they come in is, like, the Super Kick Party. And their theme song goes, Super Kick Party! Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, yeah, it just, it would give me a good chuckle watching him just kick nothing. Before we, like, get into, like, the match, I've got a few little pre-match notes of my own. Um... One is that, like, I really like how the show starts and it shows you, like, oh, this is what's coming up on the show. And it's like, and we've also got the first match of our tournament. Shows you the full tournament bracket. Yes. And then goes, let's have a look at the teams in the first match. And goes straight into a video package, building up the match between the Young Bucks and Private Party. Yes, well done. No wasted time at all. You know what I mean? Just straight into like, here's our first match. Here's why you should care about it. Brilliant. 10 out of 10. With With a little tease of what's to come to keep you, keep you invested. Yeah, yeah, to make you want to stick around after the match as well, like because we got all this other great stuff coming up. Exactly. And then my other two notes, well, actually, I have a few. Is one is the crowd fucking loved the Young Bucks. Holy shit! <laughs> when the Young Bucks came out, the crowd was so loud. It's and there ridiculous. was many Young Bucks T-shirts in yes. the audience. Every, every time they panned to the audience, there would be at least like three in every shot. 
And um, another thing I really loved, which I talked to you about in the moment when we were watching, but I'll bring up again here, is that some of the other teams in the tournament were in the crowd watching the match. Which, like, from a sort of kayfabe perspective, makes total fucking sense because it's them scouting their competition. You know, it's like, oh, we might end up facing one of these teams. Let's see what they're capable of. Yeah. And I but, love uh, stuff like that. I love those small little things. Mm -hmm. But also you bringing up the crowd, another just side point, part of why it was a good match to watch, because the crowd was very invested. It was also huge. Like, they were at a full, proper, like, sports arena at a university, I think they said. Yeah, it's like, like 12 and a half thousand seats or something. Yeah. They're all sold out. Which is also just, like, hella impressive. Again, this is a brand new promotion. So, good on them. And the crowd was just... Like, when we've watched WWE matches, right? We've talked about the crowds and how they're just so, like, dead for a lot of it. They're just so quiet, you know what I mean? Until, like, a dive happens. But this crowd was just on fire the whole time. They were so loud. Just the entire match. And every time one of the wrestlers tried to pump them up or get them to chant something, the crowd just totally went with it and chanted whatever the wrestler wanted them to, you know? Exactly. And it just... Again, like, they can really... It's amazing how much the crowd can do for, like, watching it at home and enjoying because if they're... Like, I even me who doesn't care which will get immediately get more invested or drawn in if they are, because you just, you know... It's like the, the good version of peer pressure. You just want to... You want to be a part of this thing that they're all enjoying. Like, they're having fun. I want to have fun. And... It was cool. But yeah, in that case, is that all your more general notes? Uh, I've got one more, which is that the private party, like, go all in on their, like, gimmick for their entrance. I know. They come out wearing gold chains. They're throwing, like, Mardi Gras beads into the crowd. They've got a bouncer who, like, lets them through a red rope barrier to get in. Yeah. Like, they, they go all in on this, like, we're going to a party gimmick. Yeah, the, 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 I don't know if you noticed this, but you know when the announcer announces like, this is so-and-so and so-and-so from, and then like they're meant to say, you know, where they're from. He goes, from a place where you need an invitation. <laughs> I missed that. That's great. Watch them be like from some like tiny backwoods small town really in the end. and It's like the opposite of that. But anyways. That's but yeah, well that's all my sort of pre-match notes. Yeah. Well, yeah, then we get into my actual match notes here. Um, uh, I mentioned, I said the Young Bucks keep shoving the the other guy, like the one who wasn't tagged in for Private Party. The one keeps like occasionally going over and like pushing him away from the ropes so he couldn't tag in with his partner. So does this mean they are the heels? Are there heels in this match? I don't know. So this match was face first face like okay. as you saw the young bucks are so but the young bucks been the sort of veterans that they are they go into this match knowing the ending right the whole idea of the ending is that the private party and it's a brand new tag team and we want to get them over you know we want to we're already stars these guys need to be built up we need to you know try turn them into stars which is why they gave them the win you know what i mean but it's also like a small element with that was that the Young Bucks worked very slightly and very subtly 
as heels so the crowd would invest more into private party. Ah, oh, clever. They're veterans, sneaky, you know. Sneaky. Yeah, because like I said, they, did, they didn't feel outright heelish. Like, you know, they weren't doing anything that made you mad at them or dig me but like i noticed them doing that like like trying to keep him away and there was, there was one part where the commentators even mentioned where matt was like berating the other guy and we couldn't hear what he was saying like for all we know he could have been being like good job bro keep it up but it was still enough to just at least be like that tiny little bit of like smack talk that might make them be slightly more so now that you mentioned it I can see yeah, i was very subtle they were doing like very like micro heel aggressions basically throughout the match just to get the crowd on their side is pretty cool and then the first of the flippy shit notes, I have a, a note, nice moonsault from Isaiah. He got some impressive air. And I see Private Party in general, like, they did the cartoon thing. It seemed almost like a hover for a minute at the apex of their job every time they were in the air before they would then, like, fall to the ground. And I was like, what? What Looney Tunes mad science is this, sir? How are you achieving this? Plus, yeah, they're not like, small people either. There's a, there's a mo- like a moment like, this is skipping ahead a bit, but it's relevant to what you're saying. Is Mark Quinn goes for what's called like a shooting star press, which is where you do a back like it's a backflip, but the difference between that and moonsault is a moonsault you're facing like backwards and do a backflip, you know, so you land on them, whereas a shooting star press you're looking at your opponent and do a backflip while moving forwards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, he yeah, Mark Quinn went for a shooting star press off the top rope. And he just seemed to, like, float through the fucking air. And I think a large part of that was, like, the tails on his coat, like, flowing behind him. You know, just, like, really added to the impression of it. But, yeah, like, they just seemed to, like, float through the air. And I don't I don't get it. I don't get how that works. They literally defy gravity. Like, someone call Alphaba, tell them that they she has a backup for her job. Like... <laughs> And it was consistent. Like, every time they were doing all these crazy, like, moonsaults and leaps from the top rope and stuff. It was crazy. Um, and also, like, every time... It's it's a move I'm now seeing fairly often. So, clearly, it's nothing that special in the grand scheme of wrestling. But always it always just looks really cool and very, like, action movie. Whenever they do it. Whenever one of them does something where they, like, leap and kind of go, like, parallel to the ground they go through the ropes to like kick someone either in the apron or kick someone that's on the ropes into the apron and matt did it really early on to one of the private party guys and it just looks cool it looks cool every time it's a it's a solid move dig it and then i have lots of notes about the hot pink tails on the guy's costume just adding like also he was in the air they're literally like floating behind him it just makes it look <laughs> so much better it was so good um, I really love, like, literally, like, right at the very start of the match, like, when the young bucks go, they do, like, this burst of offense where they're constantly, like, tagging each other in and doing, you know, moves and stuff. And it's all just so, like, fast-paced and exciting. Like, there's a bit where, like, Matt Jackson, like you said, like, dives through the rope and drop kicks the person on the outside, then pulls himself, like, back up over the rope, like, in one fluid motion... And while he's doing that, yeah. Nick gets the other guy on his knee and Matt runs at him, like, front flips over him, twisting him in the air so his back lands on Nick Jackson's knee. And yep. it's like, what? Like, that's <laughs> How- just a, a normal move in your matches? Like, Yeah, the and then 
And then also then the the guy with the tails, he was on his coat when he tagged in, he started running back and forth and he was doing these like super, I don't know the names of them, all, most of the moves were getting all kinds of air, but he was running like on either side of the ring, getting both the young bucks just pulling out like move after move after move and like leaping in and out of the ring, in and over the ropes. And I'm like, I, I got tired like, of watching I like him. how he got like progressively, like the dives were progressively more impressive. Like he started off, he just yeah. did a normal dive through the ropes yeah then he did that same dive over the ropes yeah then he added a front flip to the dive over the ropes then yeah. he did a twisting front flip over the ropes like he just kept it getting just... more and more impressive as he went yeah like it was just like oh 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 like i could see in my head like just the noise the crowd was doing excited. that the yeah crowd it was losing so their good. minds it was so good and i was just hella impressed i was like damn that's dude. one of those moments where you talk about the crowd adding to it like when the crowd is just getting that loud and just losing their minds you can't help and but get like sucked in and lose it with your mind with them you know yeah and like i simultaneously in my head was like freaking out but also was like I want to go back to bed. I'm tired of watching. I've only been awake for an hour and a half and now I want to go back to bed because <laughs> it, the amount of, and then that was also, that was so early. That wasn't like the beginning of the match. And I'm like, dude, you still have maybe 20 more minutes to wrestle. What are you doing? <laughs> like, uh, just so yeah, that, that was one of three, like basically there's three moments I have highlighted in my notes of just like the standouts of the match. And that was one of them. Um, and then more more double kicks from the Young Bucks, where they both, like, leg up, kick the guy in the face. Uh, As he was jumping pants, off of the top so, rope. Yeah, oh, it looked gnarly. It looked a bit brutal. I was like, ooh. And then I said the two-person powerbomb also looked pretty cool. Because that was when I think it was just maybe Matt, but one of the Young Bucks, like, did a move. And he got, like, both of Private Party at once. I think that was the move I'm talking about. Yeah, Matt Jackson. He did like basically does this thing where he does what's called a Northern Light suplex, and he does like he does it like three times. Yeah, he does three of them in a row, and then when he goes for the fourth one, he like grabs the second person and does the fourth one to both of them. It's such a cool spot. Yeah, it was just pretty crazy. And then I I was actually like we were muted, but I was literally laughing out loud. The part where one of them just takes Isaiah and he's like, "All right, we're leaving, bye bye," and like takes him up the ramp, like as if they're gonna leave the arena. And then eventually, like does the uh, power bomb and like just basically puts him out of play for a while. But literally, my head was like, "I'm bored now. Let's go. We're leaving." And like and I like, thought it'd be so funny if it, I pictured him actually walking all the way up and just leaving, just straight up leaving. And the crowd be like, "Wait, where the where the fuck do they go? When are they coming back?" I would have laughed my ass off if they just straight up left. <laughs> I must go. My people need me. <laughs> so funny. Oh. And like that, that part like, also made me chuckle because I liked that there was a bit of like comedy in amidst all this wrestling. And that was one of my favorite That's the Young Bucks specialty is just throwing random bits of like comedy into otherwise serious, you know, yeah. moments. Like, but not in such a way that the match becomes a comedy match. You know exactly. what I mean? Like they're very good at blending it. Yeah. Um, it's like a... But, like, that powerbomb onto, like, the ramp, that's a legitimate metal ramp. Yeah. That must have really fucking hurt. Which also, I completely bought into how much time Isaiah then spent just lying on the ground outside and giving the Young Bucks then time to just work his partner, basically. Although, but then the one part that got me a bit annoyed is in the commentators, by the time Isaiah got back, they, I think I actually wrote in quotes what they said. Did I? Oh, I just said he he was disappointed. He was saying, "I'm disappointed the Bucks haven't finished him 
while Isaiah was gone. Like, they needed to. And I'm like, dude, they tried. He was pinned three times and kicked out three times. They aren't sitting here twiddling their thumbs. Like, it just seemed like the commentator could have worded it better. Because clearly, I get what he was trying to say. Like, this was their shot. His teammate is gone. He can't tag out for a while because his teammate's recovering. But the wording of it was just made it sound like it's like they were sitting there showboating or like they were doing um, the Shibata thing of like, I'm just flexing on how good I am rather than actually going for the pin. It's like, dude, they, they have. They've tried to pin him three times. Out for Shibata. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of bugged me. And then that, that was the only real note I have about the commentators. Because well, most of the time I didn't mind the commentators. Like they were giving me some of the names of the moves. They were helping me try and keep track. The only times I have their names in my notes are because the commentators were talking. But that one moment, say, I was like, of, dude. So they've got three commentators. And one thing I love about it is that all three of them actually play a separate role, right? Like, they're, they're not all trying to do the same thing, right? Um, you've got Excalibur there, who you'll know from PWG, who is the living encyclopedia of wrestling moves. So anytime you'll have heard a wrestling moves name been said... That's probably Excalibur. That's basically what he's there for is that he just knows every fucking move and just says all of them. You know what I mean? He's just an amazing play-by-play person because he just knows everything. He knows every move. He knows every wrestler. You know, like... So he gives all that, like, information and detail to it. Then you've got, Mm -hmm. like, Jim Ross, who's an absolute legend of commentary and is generally regarded by most people as sort of the best commentator ever like that's not very that's not very widely disputed most people agree on that but he is a bit past his prime so you can tell he's like he's not as fond of this like new fast-paced wrestling you know he wants it to go back to the way it used to be and stuff but he tries not to let it like ruin his you know enjoyment but he does sometimes get a bit critical and you know old man yells at cloud about it you know um but he, like, lends a lot of legacy to it. You know, he's this recognisable voice that any wrestling fan will know. He His voice is full of, like, gravitas and stuff like that. And he's really good at doing, like, you know, making things sound impressive and important, like, with his, like, sort of off-the-cuff calls and stuff. So that's what he brings to it, is he's just a legend and, you know, he has, like, the sort of important-sounding voice. And then you've See, got I feel a bit bad, though, because you're saying all this. And I remember at the beginning, they showed the three commentators, and I could see all three of them, because one had the mask, one had the funny hat, one just, like, normal. But then once the match started, I definitely forgot, and I could have swore it was one guy the whole time. I could not <laughs> have told you that there were three of them. To me, their voices all sounded the same. I was going to say, I had if, zero we re- idea. if we re-watched, I could easily point them out to you, and I'm sure you'd know them. But yeah, like, when you don't know them, you know, like... I can see. And, and then the third commentator is Tony Schiavone, who used to be a commentator for WCW. And his role is like the best role ever in a commentary booth. He's just a normal dude. Like, he don't know like really any of the wrestlers. He don't really add anything. All he does is he's just there having a great time. You can tell he's genuinely having the time of his life commentating AEW like whenever a move happens he starts genuinely just like getting super excited and giddy about it and can't help himself but comment on it and that's literally all he brings to the table is he's just having the time of his life and he's just like a normal dude so you sort of like get sucked into his enjoyment you know what I mean 
Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean, yeah. I just feel bad the whole time you're describing the, what their, all their different purposes, and I'm like, oh, well, I thought it was one guy, even though I saw all three. <laughs> but I think it's more, again, not less of a they're doing their jobs badly and more of a I just don't know the personalities as well, and I was just trying to keep up with all the stuff going on in the ring kind of thing. Yeah, like I said, the only negative note was whichever commentator it was being like, oh, they're they're disappointed that the Bucks aren't doing their job. This was their shot. They blew like it. Say, like I say, that was probably tried. Jim Ross because he sometimes gets <laughs> snarky old man about it, you know. <laughs> yep. And then, um, uh, but going back, but right right after the thing where um, they did the like power bomb on the the metal ramp, and one of them just like walked away with the private party guys. Um, they the one in left in the ring. He did the thing where he pretended to like jump and like land slash kick. Um the the dude's face who was still in the ring and the camera angle on it made it just very oh excuse me the hiccups just made it very clear that he was miles away from his face because obviously you're not gonna go and nail the guy in the face but then it made me think why would that move be included in wrestling in general because only a fraction of the audience in that massive arena must be at a decent angle to even be able to suspend your disbelief that much and pretend it happened most people that are behind or on the sides are clearly going to see like the foot of air between where your foot and his face was like so as someone why include been, it as someone who's been to wrestling shows i can assure you that when you're actually in an arena watching from even just a slight distance wrestling looks a million times more real than it does on tv with close-up Fair. cameras and in Fair. high definition <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like just like it's hard to believe just how much, like, adding, you know, like, 50 feet of distance to the action, you know, makes those things not look as sort of obviously yeah. fake. Like, True, true, true. Oh, God, another yard. Oh, I need to go drink. And, and you said, like, I don't know what that's including in wrestling. You're not going to actually kick each other in the face. I'd like to add, unless you're stardom. <laughs> yeah, unless you're the one we watched last week. <laughs> Good lord. But they get that's it made me want to not watch it because I knew they were gonna do that. Um and then there was another part where basically they both the young bucks did like a perfectly synchronized like gymnastics floor routine backflip before kicking the guy, and it just looked very, very fancy and very it's cool. like the definition of extra. But also exactly. awesome. <laughs> yeah, but not in a way that I'm just like, oh god, like what? You're wasting time. Stop that. In a way that I just, I dug it. I was here for it, here for every minute. And then the one, the next move happens. Another move. I was like, oh really? Because there was just a few moments of, I guess, just like unrealistic cheese in this match. I call this is one of them where, so the private party guy who's not Isaiah, whose name I do not remember, Mark Quinn. Mark, he's being supported. Like one of the young bucks is lying, kind of like in like a bridgey archy thing, and. Mark is on his knees like he's holding him up and then the other young buck is um like gonna jump on him from the rope and you can see the guy just basically going, oh please no and like begging for his life like a villain in like Kim Possible or something and I'm like dude what's the you know he's gonna do it it's just like the time you sat there begging and literally saying hey I know we're um fighting for a title but could you please not pin me thank you you could have just tried to roll out of the way or make it look like you're fighting to get away from the blow rather than being like oh god oh god no like I don't know it was just it that moment completely just snapped the enjoyment I was having in that second I generally agree with that sort of criticism where like 
wrestlers sell like oh please don't do it please because if you've got the time like you say if you've got the time to beg you've got the time to be trying to get out of it you know like yeah and you don't have to be trying really hard just try a little bit and i'll, I'll buy it yeah at that like, point like we clearly know you're gonna take the hit because you're setting up for it and this is a planned thing but don't act like in any universe he would just go yeah you're right i'm sorry and climb down from the rope and help you up I've only just noticed, but shout out to how, like, normal the names are in this match. We've got Nick, Matt, Mark. (laughs) Yeah, right? Oh, man. Um, But yeah, so that that was also a moment where I just got a bit annoyed. Didn't enjoy it. Uh, And there's, oh, look, the other party guy, who I now know, Isaiah, finally made it back just in time for the trash talk. Because I guess that was when they started, like... We couldn't hear what they were saying, but the Young Bucks were doing a little bit of trash talk. And so Isaiah's finally gotten up from the metal ramp. And that's when the commentator made his comment about he's disappointed they haven't finished him. This was their shot that I got annoyed about. And then I think this is what it was called. Because I think they said, but the 1v2 double Hurricane Rada looked pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know who was the one and who was the two. I can't remember who did it. It was Isaiah Cassidy doing it to Nick and Matt Jackson. Yes. Yes. It looked cool. I and said it's like, cool that, this... and, and then I said it's cool the one young buck almost pinned both of Private Party at the same time. That was, I think, the Northern Lights because I said I said I think they just said it was called Northern Lights or something. I think that was when he did the bunch of them in a row and then almost got them. That would that would have been really cool. One person getting a move and pinning two of them at the same time be like hella impressive. There's also a bit around here where Isaiah Cassidy when he's doing his like little mini comeback. He, like, screams and his voice gets super fucking high pitch. Yeah. He's squeak. How does he do that? <laughs> he literally, like, squeaks. But it's not like a scream. He says something, you know? Yeah. But just with a I, super high I couldn't high tell you what he voice. said, but... I don't even... How do you do that? How do you get your voice that high? Like... <laughs> That's a good question. He does uh, that, I, though, in a lot of his matches, and it's, it's one of my favourite things ever. Like, his opponent will go to kick him in the face, and, like, just before it hits, he'll let out this little squeak, and it's so funny, dude. It kills me every time. It's pretty funny. And then after that, we had the, the scorpion lock. I said, oh, this is aptly named. Like, this is one for once. Like, most of the names. Like, the Northern Lights. Who the heck named that? What does that have anything to do with the Northern Lights? Scorpion lock. I get it. I can see the inspiration. It's not even just name. Scorpion Lock, it's Scorpion Death Lock. Because <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that metal. melodrama in there, right? Exactly. But, um, and then I was like, except, I said, this is looks pretty cool, except now he's like walking the guy like he's his dog over to the rope to let him tap out. But then I realized it's because the other young buck like came out from the apron. I don't remember, I didn't write in my notes exactly what he did. I don't know if he like jumped on him from the rope or if he just like came and like punched him or kicked him but like he the other teammate came and was like nope you're no touching the rope here and then they went back to the middle and i thought it looked pretty cool and i like and it made me less mad that it seemed like the one guy literally walked him over to the edge and wasn't even putting up a fight for a while because i can pretend in my head oh it's because he knew his teammates right there he's not worried one thing i really liked about this submission move was how it came right after like the young books did a big move like they did um a big double move off the top rope and Mark Quinn like kicked out of it so Nick just instantly went and got him in a submission you know like wasted no time and I love that stuff I, I like I hate it when someone kicks out of a pin and their opponents there going oh, how did he kick out 
That was a two? Are you sure that was a two count ref? Are you sure it wasn't a three count ref? Because I can't believe that he kicked out of that. Crowd, what do you think? Do you think it was a two count? Or do you think it was a three count? Because I think it was a three count and the ref thinks it was a two count. And I just can't believe that he kicked out of that crowd. Can you believe it? Because I was like, just fucking hit him with another move and pin him again. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, your whole description there is pretty good. <laughs> um, so I always appreciate my- spots like that where they land a big move, the guy kicks out a big move, and they like, go straight into another move. Like, exactly. I love it. Because logic, that's what you do. It's just, it makes sense. Um, and the next one, I said, okay, that looks so cool. When Private Party Dude leaped up, he grabbed, he basically leapt into the air and using his legs, like wrapped his legs around one of the Young Bucks' necks to like throw him into the ring to his teammate who then like did a move. I realize it's not very specific and I'm doing a terrible job of describing it, but it was happening so fast and I was trying to not look away for long. But that's, and then I said, that's probably my favorite moment of the match. Do so you know what is, part I'm referencing Yes, there? that is okay. the private party's finishing move. Okay, and it's called, See, that makes sense. It's called Virgin and Juice. It, it was lit it that it's was my so favorite sick. part it i looked, love that move and see that it's looks so like a finisher awesome. that yeah. looks legit and that's not a move you can spam because it takes time and you know i was saying up. teams adhere to like the rules of like who's the legal man uh-huh. although they landed their finishing move they landed it on the person who wasn't the legal man oh, so they I then had notice. they couldn't pin the person they just done their finishing move on they had to go over to the other person and try to do something to him instead. That's kind of funny. Uh, and I said, damn, did he get some air off that top rope afterwards? Yet another moment of, I'm just going to defy physics and just hang out here for a minute before slamming down on you. That and then literally was capital the shooting letters. star press I was telling you yeah. about earlier. And then literally capital letters, wait, what? Private Party won? It happens? I missed it. Where was I? All in capital letters is my next note. So clearly... That was around the time of the the chaos. I was trying to make a note about the private party guy yoinking a young buck on the apron and making him hit his jaw in the ring. And apparently he would. Like, I didn't even have time to finish writing the note I was writing that made me miss it. And then I just wrote, wait, what happened? I missed it. I'm so confused. Would you like an explanation? Young bucks look sad. (laughs) So we've already talked about how it wasn't really your fault the cameraman fucked it up. But basically the soft story there is that the young bucks were going for their finishing move which is called the Meltzer Driver. Named after Dave Meltzer, the guy who does wrestling ratings. That's funny. Because it's meta as fuck, and it's great. Um, And basically what it is, is Matt Jackson gets someone up ready to do, like, you know, a tombstone pile driver, right? And Nick Jackson will do a springboard 450 off of the rope and, like, slam them down with Matt. So it's like a joint, you know, pile driver, but with a... Totally necessary 450 front flip added in. Okay. Totally necessary. Totally necessary. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And basically they were setting up for that, but as Nick jumped up to do the springboard, you know, the other guy who was outside the ring, Isaiah Cassidy, you know, sort of pulled his leg, like you said, and, you know, took him off the rope. So obviously Matt was a bit like, you know, like he must like, you know, like in the sort of shock of like, Nick, are you Okay. Like, was caught off guard, and Mark Quinn, like, suddenly rolled him up into a pin and got the free count. So, story-wise, it makes, like, total sense. They interrupted, you know, their finishing move, they caught them off guard, and they got a surprise win from it. But as we've discussed earlier, 
the camera work was just bad and missed it completely. They were filming the guys on yeah. the floor, not the important pinfall happening in the middle yeah. of the ring. <laughs> yeah, I don't fault the wrestlers. It's just character. Because like you said, it makes 100% logical sense for a way to get the win. And it's a legitimate way to get the win. We just don't get to share in that and like feel like it was legitimate, yeah. even though I know it was, because I missed it. And it's also a cool way, story-wise, of like telling the story of like that anything can happen. Because the Young Bucks... They said before the match they're the best tag team in the world. They're the favourites to win. They're the number one seed coming into the tournament. And they were dominating almost the entire match. Like, they were clearly the better tag team in this match. But their opponents just caught them off guard and, you know, took them by surprise. You know, like, anyone can win at any moment. You know what I mean? And, like, we were talking about setting precedents earlier... That's a good precedent to set early into the, you know, in the early days of your promotion is that just because someone's the favourite doesn't mean they're going to win all the time, you know? Exactly, yeah. But I like how even in defeat, the Young Bucks still looked like the sort of better team. You know, they were dominant the yeah. entire match and they didn't win. It's not like they hit them with the gin and juice in the middle of the ring and pinned them clean exactly you know what i mean yeah. like it was a sneaky little roll up while they were caught off guard if you didn't know yeah. what we're talking about out, like out of context wrestle ghost it's not like they hit them with the gin and juice and <laughs> that just sounds funny sorry sidebar <laughs> but yeah so i think like the ending from a creative standpoint i love it i love it so much and like i say the sort of precedent it sets going forwards into the company that anyone can win at any moment they're not always just going to win with their finishing move in the middle of the ring the favorite isn't always going to win it sets a lot of good precedents for your company going forwards it's just such a shame it was ruined by bad camera work like that makes me so sad yeah it's like it was great would have been nice to have seen it is basically the, the the tldr of that ending yeah, like oh, I heard That's it. I heard notes. there was. I heard there was a shooting star going across the sky the other night. Would have been cool if I saw it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, that's all. That is all my notes. Cause there was like so much more, like micro things to comment on. It just all happened so quickly. It was so hard to really pick pick them out. But then like those standout moments came out, like the the move on like the metal ramp. The when they did their finisher and it looked really cool. Some of the just really endurance moments of athleticism, like the multiple northern lights and then the funky suplex, the the very beginning when the guy's just like running back and forth and leaping and escalating the the flips through the rope and stuff. So and overall, like, some really good standout moments and some very technically and physically impressive wrestling. But uh, the ending combined with just fe- just feeling a bit like lost for a lot of the match just means it's not gonna it didn't get the it's not gonna be one of my top matches looking back yeah and um you know it's like a. I was going somewhere with this not sure where but i was going somewhere hmm 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 I, oh, yeah, I would love like to help lot, you. <laughs> a lot of the um, like major comments we sort of have on this match aren't necessarily about the match 
itself it's more about like because this is your first real exposure to all elite wrestling you know like you've watched them before because we watched one of their women's matches but the important difference is that the women's match we watched was before they were on tv you know it was it was one of their like pre yeah okay i remember now yeah, yeah. So it was like, it didn't have the same, like, production quality and graphics and, you know, stuff like that. It was just, like, an arena with no real production. You know what I mean? Like, it was a different feeling. You know what I mean? It had different lighting, different production values. It wasn't their, you know, main TV show. They hadn't found their groove yet, if that made sense. You know, makes sense. Whereas, like, what you saw today is very much, like, this is their TV show. This is what it's like. You know what I mean? Like, so it's a much better indication of, you know, actual AEW, you know? Yeah, definitely. I see what you mean. But yeah, it's still overall, like, overall positive thoughts. And I'm excited to watch the rest of the tournament. Particularly, it's also the great thing about the way that match ended is it's like, okay, well, now I'm intrigued. Can you carry, like, on through? Because, like you said, they won. It wasn't a super, super clean win. It was a little bit, like, sneaky. Not lucky's the wrong word, but, like, it kind of feels like there is a small element of that. So now I'm going to be really intrigued to see, and I'm sure as everyone else watching, their first thought is, oh, well, how are they going to do the rest of the tournament? So I'm glad we're yeah. going to watch the full thing. Mm -hmm. And I think the next match in the tournament, I can't totally remember <laughs> the order it goes in, um, but I'm pretty sure the next match in the tournament is SoCal Uncensored versus The Best Friends. Is What, what was that first name? SoCal Uncensored. Oh, like Southern California? Yeah. Okay, okay. Their whole gimmick is that they're from SoCal, and SoCal is the best place in America, so every other place they go to is the worst town they've ever been to. So it's oh a good gosh. job they're there bringing Southern California to these people. Oh, I'm going to hate them already. <laughs> they're, they're actually, believe it or not, despite saying that, they're faces. What? And whenever they say, Why? this is the worst town I've ever been to, the crowd chants it along with them. But that's... No. Because it's, it's sort of done tongue-in-cheek. It's not done as, like, you know, serious, like, oh, I hate you people, you're all the worst. It's like a tongue-in-cheek thing. You know what I mean? Yes. But, yeah, it's funny. And then the other team. Well, I'm surprised you commented on their name and not the other team being called Best Friends. Well, because I genuinely wasn't sure what you said. Like, um, for some reason I heard so as one word and then cal uncensored as like the next i was like wait what the huh but then i slowed oh, it down rewound it i my just brain. realized something that's gonna make me so sad what so there's a team in aw called jurassic express and one of their i'm members, cheering for them their name sounds like dinosaurs one of their members is someone called Luchasaurus, who is a That's six amazing. foot six wrestler whose gimmick is that he is a dinosaur. I want to watch that. Dinosaurs. So this is what makes me sad, is he's not in this tournament. He Aww. got he got injured the weekend before the tournament was meant to take place. Dang it. Dang it. 
So you'll still probably see him. I think they show like packages showing that he got injured and stuff. So you'll still see him, but you know, he's not actually in the tournament. Better than nothing, I guess. Makes me sad because he's absolutely tremendous. Like, I'm 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 not saying this like sarcastically. He's the most over person in the company. And like, they didn't plan for that to happen. Like, when they did their first ever pay-per-view, they did, like, a massive, what's called a Battle Royale. Which, if you've seen WWE's... Have you ever watched a Royal Rumble match? Or do you know what a Royal Rumble uh, match yeah, is? Yeah, I have I I watched bits and pieces of it because James came over to my house and watched it. And by that, I mean, I sat next to him mostly on my phone, scrolling, like, Twitter and looking at the TV occasionally while we ate pizza. But I watched I watched part of it. So the idea is, is that you start off with, like, two people in the ring and then more and more people just keep coming in every couple of minutes. And, you know, basically the idea is if you get thrown outside of the ring, like, over the top rope, you're eliminated from the match. And usually they're big. They're, like, 30-man or 40-man. So you need a lot of, like, people just to fill up spots on the you know in the event right mm-hmm, yeah well on their like first ever pay-per-view they had one of these so they brought in a lot of people who weren't actually signed with the company just to take up spots on you know the in that match mm-hmm. luchasaurus was one of them but when <laughs> this guy comes out and he's fucking six foot six built like a tank He's wearing a dinosaur mask. Like, and like his whole gimmick is that he's the Luchasaurus and he's a dinosaur. The crowd was like, yes, give me more of this. Inject it straight into my fucking bloodstream, right? Please tell me the crowd like roars like a dinosaur or something when he enters. No, but they they, they cheer. They cheer Luchasaurus. They cheer Luchasaurus like. So he like got a massive reaction from this crowd. In all the comments afterwards, everyone just talked about how he was the best part of like the entire match. And it like all the comments on that entire pay-per-view were just how amazing Luchasaurus is, how like it's this dumb gimmick that shouldn't possibly work, but just does somehow. And AEW saw this massive reaction to him and signed him. And now, like, every time he shows up on a show, he gets, like, the loudest reaction of, like, anyone on the roster. That's legit. Just because of his, like, gimmick bin that he's a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur, bitch. It's amazing. It's the best. It's, like, totally natural, organic reaction. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't push him. He wasn't even meant to be signed with the company. You know what I mean? Like, but he just got over, naturally. And that's the best kind of getting over, you know? Yeah, it's just of course, totally natural. Right? Like For sure. Well yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Shame I don't get to see him wrestle wrestle, but like you said, there'll probably be some footage and a promo yeah. or something. I'll have to send you a picture of him when we're done. It's he's, he's <laughs> amazing, dude. Cool. Um But yeah, like so Yeah, well um Next match, I think, is the Best Friends versus SoCal Uncensored, but I'm not totally confident in that. So we'll just wait and we'll see. Fig- we'll <laughs> yeah, we'll out. figure it out when we get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for now, that is us for today. Um, and we will see you all for the next episode. If you want to keep up to the podcast, uh, you can follow it on Twitter at MAM Wrestling. You can follow Laura on Twitter at LauraK483. 
you can follow me on Instagram at Hanzo Kurosawa, and then you can follow us both on Twitch with those same names. And were those people who make your life easy because all of the social media things that we have actually match? Not like people where it's like <laughs> I have I'm I'm like I'd be Laura K on this one, then I'm Laura K X four eighty three on this one, and then I'm Laura X K on Twitter. No, they're all the same. Yeah, that does make life a lot, lot, lot. There's <laughs> nothing more annoying than when you find someone you're like, oh, I want to find like follow you on multiple platforms, but then they have those like micro variations sometimes not by choice they've just had to because people took it already or something and it's just so annoying um so yeah um next episode we'll just continue on with the tournament and thank you all for listening if you ever have any questions for us regarding anything we said in the podcast or you know questions for us going forwards or if you'd ever want a guest on the podcast uh feel free to hit us up on twitter you know we'll probably answer your question you know on the podcast itself so Hit us up, and thank you very much for listening. Bye.